If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, one. Today, because of President Frank, Rudy Fernandez, Joe Echeverria, and head coach Mario Cristobal, every Hurricane fan and graduate from the University of Miami can believe down there and take care of business and you pay attention to details you dot the i you cross the t's and you're not so prone to mistakes of execution especially in the red zone or getting lined up and wasting timeouts and doing dumbass things that we do on the regular in situational football if you don't do those things if you go down there and you're buttoned up and you're locked in you're gonna boat race by him you're gonna boat race by him travis gonna go deep has a man We don't have to tiptoe around it. Screw Miami. Screw them eternally. If you can beat their ass senseless, you need to do it. Trey Benson, look at how well this is blocked. They're really Knock them out. Don't let them get to the later rounds. Knock them out. And here goes Benson. How does everybody out there feel about burgers? Do you like them? About a 40 burger. Third and goal. Play action, Travis. And he gets it to Lundy for the touchdown. Brown, and he is torn down and then just pushed aside by Robinson. Dismissed. Mike, this, this here's your chance. Go down there and beat that team like a drum. They got nothing. Benson, utilizing those blocks, cutting inside, cutting outside, hitting the accelerator is Trey Benson. That's a heck of a run by Trey Benson. We're trying to win recruiting wars. Benson again, as he dives for the goal line and scores. They look like bums. 35 from his own goal line, and it's intercepted. They look like bums. Tries to fall on it, but instead it is scooped up 
by Burse. They look like bumps. The largest road win in series history, 45 to 3. You're gonna boat race by How about a 40 bird? They look like bums! Ravaged. Again. And again. Good afternoon and welcome everybody! This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. That was fun, huh? Oh, it's great to be with you. I hope you enjoyed the montage. Good job, Tommy. <laughs> I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house on Twitter. It's at J. Cameron Show. And away we go as it is a special day on the heels of a special ass whipping. Mm. One that will live in the annals of this rivalry forevermore and be referenced uh, forevermore. Uh, a, a, a predictable, as you may have heard, uh, route for Florida State over Miami. But that's fun to do. That's You had to have fun doing that too, Tom. I know that... Uh, it's, it's great when a plan comes together, right? When something happens the way that you envisioned was possible, you knew that Florida State uh, – listen, I, for, for those of us that were on the side of this could be an ugly result for Miami, and really we, we talked about it all week long, one of the things that we kept citing was – or at least I did, and, and I needed to maybe do this um, because it was weird to hear coming out of my mouth that I thought we were going to boat race Miami, hammer Miami – you know, game wouldn't be close, all that. I think in order for me to be able to say that with conviction, it wasn't just that that's initially what I thought. I see you, Z-Chan, I'll get to you. But it was that it was that if you just took the U off the helmet, if you just didn't look at this game as a game between two arch rivals, if you didn't look at this game as a game between two hated rivals that, you know, usually serve the game, the matchup, the circumstances, to facilitate one's best efforts for fear of, you know, being humiliated 45-3. to If you remove those factors and thought to yourself, the film, the games, the results, the personnel, everything building to this point tells me this is an ass-kicking. This is an ass-kicking waiting in the wings. A lot of Miami's stats that were cited by people who said, you know, I think it can be close. Well, who are they against? Who were those stats amassed against? That schedule sucks. They've not played anybody who's any good besides North Carolina. They had a, they had a nice half against North Carolina. Other than that, they've done nothing. A&M stinks to high heaven. Texas A&M sucks, and they got beat by them too. They didn't play anybody. Florida State's on a whole nother level than Miami. Florida State is, they could play that game 10 times. Florida State would win that game by more than three touchdowns eight out of 10 times. They don't deserve to be on the field. It's insulting. They should be dismissed the way Jamie Robinson dismissed that poor young man in front of his family. Friends and family having to watch that. My Christ. Ja'Curry Brown may never recover from that. I mean, 
You'd like to think you're competitive, but you're just getting ragdolled like a child of an abusive parent. Uh, it was, it was, it was something to behold, and uh, and the way that turned out obviously is uh, going to be something that we'll revel in and rub their nose in for a very, very long time. And we won't hesitate. I'll bring it up often, I suppose. You know, maybe weekly. I might bring it up certainly in the middle of the off season, time and again. Maybe just on a random Tuesday. You need a little pick me up. Random Wednesday. You need a little pick me up. Let's a play that montage again, and b let's just. Talk about that game again. Let's just talk about, hey, here we go. Touchdown, followed by touchdown. Followed by, I mean, that that's the quick get you some of that. This is not going to be much of a game, guys. I know what you thought you were prepared for tonight, but here's your reality. You're not good enough. You're not physical enough. You're weak. Mario Cristobal said so. After the game in an interviews, quote, Physicality was a problem for us. There is a physicality to what they did, to running counter. And they did it over and over again. They did a better job. Mm. That's his way of saying we were soft and the bully beat us up and there was nothing we could do about it. And when we talk about dominating a rival or making a statement or taking care of, uh, of business, you know, when we talk about it, when we talk about power in, in football sense, about who has it, who doesn't, who's trying to take over, you know, generally speaking, um, you know, we talk so much about, uh, you know, it's funny, I, I, I thought of a quote from a book I read a long time ago. Richard Morgan is the author, uh, Altered Carbon, and I went and looked it up because I remember when I read it, it made an impact on me. Uh, and you could apply this instead of to men, to teams, right, programs in this case. Like all teams of power, when talked of prices worth paying, you could be sure of one thing, somebody else would be made to pay. Yes, yes, that's how this game works. It is putting yourself in a position to take the power, to be the preeminent program in the state, and others are made to pay if you are successful. That's how power works. Somebody has it, the other doesn't. And you're constantly grappling for that, seizing control of that. And I'm talking about in a football sense. You could do it worldly, but that's a different show and a different conversation. It's true when we talk about seizing power. Florida State was in a position to go do that and make that statement emphatic. Leave no guesswork for recruits pondering, where do I go? These three programs in the state are the programs I grew up with. They're the programs that have been a big part of, as I like to say, the fabric of college football. And I'd like to stay in state, but I don't really have, say, familial ties to any one of these three, and they've all taken turns kind of being sorry lately. What do I do? Well, you don't go to Miami after watching that. You don't, you don't go to that game as a recruit, allegedly hundreds of them, there at the, uh, at the game as Miami promoted, only to watch that place empty out at halftime because – one side of the power dynamic is fairly ruthless with their application and I would think exhibit of. I mean, it is, it is, it is something now you, you got to remove yourself from that and go, well, okay, they're not in consideration. I'll wait till the Florida State-Florida game maybe. <laughs> I mean, like that, there, there are 
check marks along the way. And that rivalry has always provided that. It always has. Even when the teams are down and, and even when they're not operating at peak efficiency, this has been, and I love that Mike Norvell addresses it as such. It is really smart. Don't pretend it's just another game. It's not. And I love that he repeatedly states that. Over and over again, he'll say, well, this isn't just another game. This is a very important game. This is a big deal. This is why you come here. He says things like that all the time. You're right, Mike. You get it. It's a big damn deal. It's a really big deal. That game matters more than almost any other game on the schedule. For some of you, it's the Florida game. The others, it's the Miami game. Everybody else matters. you got to win games in order to have a successful program and have a chance at conference championships or to go to a college football playoff or to win a national championship. So every weekend matters. But some of those games matter more, and that is one. That is one where it reverberates. It clutters the mind in the offseason when you're calculating, when you're doing the math about where the program's at. It's one of the first things that comes to mind. How did we do against our rivals? Where are they? Because we're competing for the same players. We're competing. That is the beauty of this very fertile ground that these universities are located on, is that you have opportunities when you're down to build back up to a place of power and strength and dominance, but only if you're winning these games, only if you're winning over the hearts and minds of those kids considering these teams in those games. So you got to win them. You got to win them. And Florida State now has won two in a row over Miami. And, you know, this offseason, Miami spent a lot of time, their fans did, at least the ones who bothered to show themselves, uh, thanking Florida State for having win, won that game so that they could go get Mario Cristobal. Like, that was the death knell so they could make a decision to move on, right? Well, thanks so much to Florida State for putting us out of our misery and for having that be the impetus to go get Mario Cristobal. Well, you're very welcome. There's 45 to 3. You're very, very welcome. Hopefully we'll oblige you again next year with another ass thumping because you're millions of miles away from where you want to be, which is where we are, where you want to be. You want to be where we are. We don't want to go back to where you are. We remember those days stumbling around in the muck, confused, hopped up on goofballs, throwing up on ourselves, being the butt end of the joke all around college football, as Miami is yet again. It's glorious. It's glorious. You have to add to the larger conversation, to the pain. You get to engage in schadenfreude. Nobody runs from this. They'd be doing it today if it had been the other way around. Of course, it wasn't close to being the other way around, but if by some miracle it could have been, and it would take that. Um, you know, then there you go. That, that's, that's what they'd be doing. And Mike gets it. Going for it on fourth down, throwing the football into the end zone up big. That's right. I tweeted out in that moment, kick the onside. You run it up as often as you can. You score 70 if you can. Screw them. Always and forever. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com.
All right, got some catching up to do here. We had a lot of kind people in the chat as we started the show today. It is a day in which we can certainly celebrate Florida State's uh, emphatic uh, performance over uh, Miami, a dominating win that now, you know, sets up the next. It's on to the next when you've taken care of business. But there are a lot of check marks and things along the way that I want to point to uh, that this win represents. Before we get to that, here, Tom, let's go through. Uh, Z-Chan, thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate that. He complimented the uh, montage there. Chills. Uh well done, JCS. Well done. Sucks to be you. Thanks, Z-Chan. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate that. Dustin writes, ever since I made that tweet about Fitzgerald's kicking form, he hasn't missed a kick. His form looks light years better. Hire me, Mike. Go Knowles. That's from Dustin. He does look a lot better, doesn't he? Marcus writes, I got to pay someone for that smut film I saw on Saturday. <laughs> oh, that is well done. Yeah, Miami had to pay the piper there. That is, uh, that's a toughie. Florida State came out pretty well locked. I think once Jordan Travis got over those initial nerves and uh, Miami, you know, has been a, a, a team that has shot themselves in the foot quite a bit this year. They give up huge uh, you know, chunk plays, but they also commit a ton of penalties. And I thought a penalty early that hurt them was the interference, which it was interference. He did arrive too early. They had a play made on the ball. It wouldn't, you know, they, if he hadn't interfered, we weren't going to catch it. We would have had to punt there. It would have prolonged the inevitable. These two teams are not on the same plane. Florida State is a much better football team than Miami, but it would have allowed Miami to compete for a little longer, and you never know if that enters into the picture from a nerve standpoint uh, from some of the guys. But because Florida State got bailed out there with the you know the Miami penalty, uh, they are allowed to dial it up and hit the big play and – you know, that is a dime. Uh, it, it's also a lesson for young receivers watching that play. Go watch it again. And when you hear coaches tell you to run through the football, that's what they're talking about. There's a tendency for receivers on big shot plays to kind of slow down to gauge it with their eyes sometimes. And one false step would have proved disastrous in that situation because he led him – uh, as well as you can lead somebody. It's a great catch. It's great concentration. It's a great throw. It is one, two, three, check, check, check. But it is a perfect, from a from a technique standpoint, a perfect representation of why you hear coaches talk about running through the football. One false step there, it's too far. He probably doesn't make that play. So once that happened, it was sort of Katie bar the door. And you sensed it a little bit. I know Miami mounts a drive to kick a field goal, but when they didn't answer... Uh, with a touchdown there, and they got shut down in the red zone. And Florida State went right back down and scored again. I, I dare say 14-3, to Miami is in trouble. Uh, it's akin, once again, we love to use these analogies. I think Miami in that point, first couple rounds of a fight, they've been tagged a few times with a couple power shots, and they haven't landed anything of their own. And now they're beginning to wonder, do they have the requisite power to hang in there? Because most of the time in a, in a situation like that, you're going to have to get close to be able to get uh, your punches off. And if you don't like what's coming back, then it becomes this uh, on-your-heels dance, right? And now you're being stalked, and Miami was being stalked. They didn't like what was coming back because what was coming back was a whole lot of get-you-some, and they didn't have an answer for that. Florida State has now run on uh, defensive lines, uh, that a lot of people, at least from a personnel standpoint and projections to the league, uh, would tell you would be very difficult to run on. And they've run on them. They've run on LSU's defensive line. They've run on Clemson's defensive line. Now, Clemson's got real problems, and that manifests itself again in the Notre Dame game as they got run all over 
uh, once again. How, how about that for an overhyped defensive line? Uh, that That is the preseason certainty uh, met with, you actually got to do it. <laughs> and so that happened. But follow it up with running on Miami, which when we watched the, the, the games that they had played up to this point, you would have said, well, that might be an area of strength for Miami. That might be an area where they could have some success. But you know, we ran counter on them almost all night long and, and bullied them, um, beat them up inside, really did whatever we wanted. So, yeah, a couple of key plays, I thought. And uh, first of all, hello, 45 to three. It was mm. a nice Saturday, wasn't it? Wasn't that beautiful? It's it's going down and answering and going up 14 to three because you've got a scenario in the Clemson game at home where you have the ball at midfield up seven to nothing and you've got a chance and, and you come up empty on that drive. Don't wait, act now. You know, it's like one of those TV commercials for. Tack glasses on the ACC network. Got to act now. And if you do, we'll double the ship. We'll double your order. Just pay Mm -hmm. extra shipping and handling. But the key is they get close to the goal line, and we talked about this from practice. Embargo. Couldn't discuss it publicly, but they spent an entire period on goal line. In the I formation, Mm. three tight ends on the field. It was a sight to see on Tuesday, and they ran that exact play. Sight to see on Saturday. The play action, yes, it was. The spider two-wide banana Mm. with Freddie Stevenson, uh, a.k.a. DJ Lundy, Mm -hmm. uh, underneath. And when they complete that pass and they go up 14-3, to I thought, this is going to happen. Yeah, I thought so too. If it it lingered at 7-3, to I don't know. Maybe things get weird and then you start to press a little bit, you look tight, and some of those old demons come back. But it's third and goal. Jordan makes a hell of a play, rolling out and waiting to let go of the ball. Because Lundy is occupied. He's occupied by a rusher. And he's the primary there. So you got to wait an extra tick. Patience. And then put some air underneath the ball so he can run underneath it. That is poise under pressure. That is the exact opposite of what we saw on the first third down of this football game. Jordan, by that point, was off and running. He only needed 12 pass attempts for the offense to get to 38 points under his lead. Yeah, could have really done anything they wanted to do. I, I, I think... That was the interesting conversation week, Tom, where we said, is there a danger in being able to do anything you want? Is there a danger in looking at Miami's personnel and then looking at your personnel and saying, well, if we play to our personnel's strengths, we can do anything we want against Miami's personnel because they can't stop us. Hence the reason I predicted a blowout, and so did you. I mean, there was just not anything on tape that said Miami could win this game short of Florida State turning the football over or having a disastrous night on special teams. And, of course, the opposite happened. Florida State had a good night on special teams. Uh, you know, shout-out to Mastromano as well. Uh, situations there. Florida State did a good job in those moments, and then they executed. So, you know, the bottom line is, they're, they're, you know, a season, if you break it down in parts, it, it can be difficult because you go back and you look at it. You do now wonder, as you watch this team, you know, how did you blow a 17-3 to lead against NC State? You know, how did you lose the game when you look at Wake getting uh, beat these days? Like, why, why did you lose that home game? But remember, you know, teams have to mature, have to grow up, have to learn lessons, have to get better. I mean, every game is unto itself. You do see a trend. One of the reasons coming out of that Clemson game that I really didn't choose to harp on the three straight losses, and my line was everything – that you want to know, every answer of which you seek will be told over these next five games, was that I thought they are getting better and they just need to get healthy. And Fabian Lovin didn't play in those other games, and he did play in this one, and he is playing, and it does change your defensive line. It changes the reps that you're asking the backups to play, right? The importance of their snaps are not nearly as magnified 
Interesting that they were rotated in very early as well. Patrick Payton makes a play in the first quarter. You see Gant on the field in the first quarter. Amari Gaynor was on the field in a 4-3 look in the first quarter of this ballgame. Yeah. yeah. They were ready to rotate from the from the jump, which they, is interesting. Well, it because tells you they didn't, they didn't believe in Miami's offense That's what at it all. tells you. They didn't believe in Miami's offense. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to jump the gun and tell you our defense is elite. Miami hasn't scored a touchdown in nine quarters. They haven't scored a touchdown in nine quarters. We just added to the amount of time it's been since they've seen one of their guys score a touchdown. Nine. Nine. Back in the olden days, like, nine! We used to say it on the show. Uh, it is remarkable, right? But but I'm not here to document Miami's woes, although it is fun to do. I am talking about, you know, where Florida State's at and what it means, and I, I think it's, it's fascinating – to watch this team move forward as they grow because we keep learning new things about them. You know, when you have an injury like the one to Fabian Lovett, that you you don't as a coaching staff you certainly don't want to do it and as players you can't afford to do it cuz it's next man up and you got to play the games. Nobody's feeling sorry for you. Everybody has injuries. I get it. But when we come on the air, I'm always trying to find balance and balance in the sense that when I'm talking about the hows and whys of a successful game or game in which you lose, either one, what, what are the reasons? What are the causes? What are the, you know, what are the moments where you, that you self-inflicted? What, what are the moments that the other team exploited something of your personnel, right? Trying to find out, like, what did we give away? What did they earn? You know, that kind of stuff. And we kept talking about, man, Fabian, that's a big problem. Him not being out there is a big problem. But I don't want to be a broken record and come on here every day and go, you know, guys, Probably don't lose all three of those games if Fabian Lovett's there, but we wouldn't have. We would not have lost those three games. Might have lost two of them. Might have lost one of them. I don't know. But we wouldn't have lost all three. And, But you don't want to do that. What's the point? What's the point of that? you got to play the games. you got to figure out a way. And, you know, unfortunately we couldn't, but you knew he was coming back. You knew they were getting him back at some point. And it does change the defensive dynamic for Florida State. I do think that, you know, when I watched – Georgia, and they're the best team in the country, along with Ohio State, or however you want to argue it. But when you go through and you watch some of those teams, you know, where they're ahead of Florida State, because Florida State's a good team right now. Where they're ahead is when they could lose to the draft, in Georgia's case, or injury, the amount of elite-level players, right? The amount of incredibly talented NFL-caliber players, in most cases, for Georgia. They could lose those guys, and the next guy up is pretty close or akin to. Florida State's not quite there. When they lose their hoss, the stud, Fabian Lovett, that prior to his injury certainly projected very nicely to the league, and a lot of people, and we'll see, I I hope he still continues to play well and has that opportunity to uh, build it back up. But when you lose that guy, there aren't three more of those guys. They're not on this roster, and that's where you have to win in recruiting and stockpile. you got to find the quality depth. But that's that's a different conversation, Tom. That's exciting because that's a different conversation. When we were watching Florida State last year and the year before, the guys that were of that caliber were so noticeable, like Jermaine Johnson, by their mere presence. they, they Their physicality, everything about them looked different than the rest of your team. That's not true right now. Right now, you're saying, oh, he's good, he's good, he projects nicely, he's a really nice player, that guy's a plus player in this league, that guy's got an NFL future. You're saying that more, but you are recognizing there's not a depth of that. Yeah, this is the best team we've seen 
wearing our helmets and our uniforms in six years. Yeah. In six years. I was in my 20s the last time that we had a team that was this good. You were in your mid-40s the last time, <laughs> which incidentally is what we scored on Saturday night. Yeah, 45 right, right? Three years was old. the final on Saturday night, yeah. So enjoy that. And enjoy the fact that in the first quarter I was watching the Skycast last night, first couple of quarters, just to take it all in again. And in the first 15 minutes of this football game, you already have loafing out of that defense mm. that we're going against. You had already proven to them, and they already stopped trying. Pursuing Trey Benson, running down the field. Pursuing Lawrence Toafili, running down the field. It started as early as five to seven minutes into this football game. Mm-hmm. I love imposing our will on others. Oh, it's beautiful. We don't do that around here often. And now it's starting to change, and maybe that just becomes the norm, and that's really exciting. Yeah, so what else is paying the price? Yeah. Um, I think Mike and Alex Atkins, they do a very good job. I'm going to continue to beat this drum. I do it every week. The game plan is on point. It is always on point. I just don't worry about it anymore. Things can happen in a game where you don't maximize your efficiency and you don't score as many points as you would have liked. But it's not because they, they, they lack the ability to watch film, recognize weakness in the opponent, play to your strengths to exploit that weak. That's not it. They put their kids in positions to succeed, which is coaching. It's a simplified way of saying it. Florida State's coaches, especially those two guys offensively, put their players in a position to succeed. And outside of that first play, I understand Miami made some plays in our backfield a couple of times after. But that first play from scrimmage, it was a loss of five. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, this offensive line, kudos. You yeah, know, We're going to talk about Trey Benson a lot and Toa Feely and, and Jordan Travis and some of the weapons on the outside. We're, we won't talk about the offensive line as much because those are unheralded position groups. Nobody really cares about that, but I do. I well, care a lot about it. And for what they've done at home against Clemson and now on the road against Miami, whose front is good, you've got to tip your cap, man. They are outstanding compared to anything we've seen in a long time. Yeah, they've come a long way. And just think about how injury-riddled they are, too, if they had been completely healthy, what this would look like. But they have found a way now to be able to let the other younger guys develop, get stronger, get bigger within the program, not be relied upon. Uh, they've, they've got a chance. And, you know, back to the Fabian Levitt thing really quickly before we go to break. It's not it's it's not that Lovett comes in and, and now uh, dominates games. It's not that Lovett comes in and it's in the backfield every other play. It's not that Lovett comes in and on the field for 52 snaps or anything like that. He's not. But the quality of the snaps while he's on the field, the quality of the reps while he's on the field, and the rest you give the backups – Allow for them to give more of a 100% effort on every play because they're not going to have to be out there for a prolonged period of time because your best defensive tackle is not available tonight. You know, no, your best available, ta- your best defensive tackle is available tonight, and he's going to give you 30 whatever really good reps, and that means that you don't have to take on those 30 reps so that when you're in there, bust that ass, let's go, give it everything you got. It just makes everybody better. Plus, they're getting better. They're getting better across the board. We saw an interception off of zone coverage on Saturday night. <laughs> I about fell out of my chair. I did, but, too. But if you recall, two weeks ago, not this past week of practice, but two weeks ago I said, hey, you know, they're doing a couple of things differently. I'm seeing quickness off the edge in these blitzes. Mm-hmm. And then, brother, I said this to you in the studio. I said, brother, we had an interception off of zone coverage. Mm-hmm. Greedy Vance passed it off. 
Jordan took a shot to Toa Feely up the sidelines on a rail, and there was Greedy waiting on the ball. It was zone coverage. I couldn't believe my eyes. And they took what was on the practice field and applied it to the 100-yard football field in Miami, which I'm sure their program was scared about. When they took the field on Saturday, they said, oh, yeah, we forgot. There's a 40 here and a 50 and another 40. This isn't like where we train. we got to be ready for the whole 100 yards. Yeah, yeah. The uh, downside to having half-assed facilities. What a shame. And fans. Oh, the fans. Quarter-assed fans. <laughs> Those poor fans. Yeah, one game a year, they bother to get out there for a quarter gate and having a good time. One time all year long, they get excited to go over there and be a part of it. And so apparently, there was kindle the magic for the students that made the commute, the long commute from their campus to the stadium, which is over a half an hour. Oh, it's a very long drive. There is a difficult in that Miami traffic viral video for those of them that. We're forced to stay because the shuttle wasn't available till after the game. Yeah, so got to sit here and wear this. It dumped on them. Just rain from the tropical heavens as they were waiting on the shuttle. So that's the experience of being a Miami student. A lot of things age. were heaped upon them on that night. You'll get a good education, but nothing else. If you're an actual student. If you're a student. Yeah. yeah. But 90% of the people that are rooting for Miami were certainly not. But of the ones you're referencing, yes. That's a toughie. Well, a lot of ways to look at it. There's so many so many aspects of this to explore for Florida State. Only really one way to look at it if you're Miami. And it's represented by those poor kids getting dumped upon. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Show on a glorious, glorious Monday. It's great to be here and talk with you. I appreciate you guys joining us as well. I did find it hilarious that uh, Coach Cristobal said about Trey Benson, we're familiar with that running back. He's the caliber of player we brought to Oregon. <laughs> nice effort, buddy. Nice effort. Uh, that's so good. That answers Sean's question mm-hmm. as uh, well, Sean chipped in and contributed to the cause. So thank you, Sean. Desperate Woo! times, desperate times, desperate measures. How can I turn this around and make it a credit to me and what I'm attempting to build? Well, you know, I clearly I see talent. I mean, you saw what he was doing to us all night long. I, I had a vision of that someday working for us as well. That's why I recruited him, but... Uh, did he sigh and look longingly in the distance when he said the word Oregon? Oh. Uh, no, no. Uh, to his credit, the only aspect of it I'll give, um, look, there's only there's not a lot you can do. When, when you take over a program and, and you're slapped across the face with the stark reality that you don't have enough dudes, you don't have a lot of talent, you don't have tough guys, you don't have the right mental or physical uh, necessary to win games against anybody who's any good. 
you know, all you can do is take that challenge head on, and and you know, you're going to be on the wrong end of some some games. But 45 to three, that'll hurt your feelings. And and the thing that he has said so far today, and you know, the way the way you have to do this is turn inward to your fan base and say you recognize that it's humiliating. You, you tell tell them you're pissed off about it, and that you're, you know, just challenges you to get back to work and try to rebuild this thing so that that never happens again. That's all you really can say. I mean, there's not what else are you going to do at that point? It was self-evident. There was not. He knew. He knew you. The look on his face. We've seen Mike with that look before. You and I have talked about it a lot. It was the Louisville game a couple years ago, twenty twenty. Yeah, looking off in the distance, not even getting mad, just knowing we're nowhere near where we need to be or where I plan to have us. And I can't magically fast forward time to get to a place where I have my guys and. I've instilled in them the way we go about working and improving. Like, I can't do that. Not here, not now. This it's second down and six. Here we go. I've got to deal with this. Only because we had their running back trip. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's all you really can do. And and we remember those moments, that, that feeling of being in limbo, that helplessness. And Miami surely finds themselves helpless. They are quite literally helpless on the football field. They've gone nine consecutive quarters without, quarters without scoring a touchdown. Definition of impotent. They're wet noodles. They got nothing. Soaking wet. Mm. No chance. It's tough. I don't know if they'll beat Georgia Tech, and I mean that. Georgia Tech, who bounced back and got a win. Floppy doppy in the breeze. As floppy as it gets. Just a tough night. A lot of Jack Daniels. No chance. 88 degrees at 10 p.m. So. (laughs) Terrible. Terrible. So, so, So my thought is. They could lose to Georgia Tech, and I mean that. You saw Georgia Tech bounce back, beat Virginia Tech. I don't know, man. Well, here comes look old Buzz. Look out, look out. A little wreck for you. Look out, a little pizza money. Need to get to a bowl. Come on now. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. I think they got to, you know, when you, when you can't hold up in the middle on the defensive line, when people come right at you, ooh, that's, we're going to have some, some – Toughness now. This is now I gotta question I gotta question your manhood. And we didn't get cute. That's the other thing. Once we saw it succeeded, we said, we think we're gonna continue to do this. There are often times that we criticize coordinators, head coach play callers at either level, Saturdays or Sundays, where where we say, It's working. Yeah, don't go away from it. What is wrong with you? Just keep doing the same thing. And we kept doing the same thing. Getting the same results. <laughs> Which were just glorious. Like, it happened again. It's like when they haven't shut down an obvious problem on when you're when you're live betting. And you're like, ooh, they're wrong again. They're wrong again. Keep pounding this thing until they wake FSU up. you plus 28. <laughs> I can't hit. I can't bet this enough. I'm getting kicked out. They kicked me out. Damn it. How much did we get down? I mean, like, that's that's what that was. Like, run that counter again. Run it again. That's what team total 30 and a half felt like. I'll tell you that much last week. Um. Yeah, I mean, it was it was hilarious, and you you know they knew going in, and listen, we they do it from different formations. They do a lot of things really well. They present a lot of different things uh, to a defense, but this didn't. I mean, there were motion. It, we they did run. They had motion to try to isolate some corners on those on well the touchdown. Um, you know, so the safety came over and, and bid on that, but. There wasn't, other than those kinds of things, there wasn't a lot of... I'm sorry, of, which touchdown? The first one, the long oh, okay. touchdown to Pokey. Sorry. 
<laughs> uh, do I do I break here, or do you want me to? Do we go to the top of the hour? I can go. Uh, the reason I ask is I do want to broach a subject that some people have asked about. So I I will if, if we have time. I mean, it's. I think it's entirely up to okay, you. This okay. is not a wet noodle existence that yeah, we have. Yeah, we we are in a position and uh, empowered to do something about it. Sam McCall. A lot of people have asked about. It's certainly not going to be the focus of today's show, which is the glorious 45-3 to ass-stomping of the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, but as far as Sam McCall goes, uh, it is my understanding that the post on Instagram or wherever it was, I don't... I don't. I believe him. it was IG. I, I don't I follow him on Instagram. I don't follow the kids on Instagram. Uh, but, but he posted something to the effect of wanting to perhaps hit the transfer portal, but then took it down and said it was emotional, I guess. If we're monitoring his latest, he just posts. wanted to be a part of the beating. You know, I can understand that. I I don't know. You know, I think that you're always going to be in a position where you know, again, kids are very emotional, and now they have access to instantly express that to the whole world. I can't handle all this success. What is this? You know, I mean, I, I coaches. I, that is a really difficult situation uh, when you're a coach. It's almost you can't ignore it. You understand it. Um, social media represents so many different things, a lot of them bad these days. Um, but when you're trying to run a program, it's got to be pretty harrowing just because it takes, you know, it's classic don't hit sin, but it's the, it's, it's the moment that you're, you know, you got a kid frustrated, wants to play, wants to be a part of what's happening there. Classmate is out there picking off a pass and a, and a lopsided win, you know, and you're, and you're frustrated. That looked like uh spring and fall camp as on that yeah, interception. Yeah, That's great. what we saw, you know, two times a week. But, you know, in that moment, a lot of 18-year-olds don't have the maturity to not hit send, and they do type up something uh, born out of frustration. And then the second it happens and it gets picked up on by or screenshotted by somebody, they're screwed. It's everywhere in an instant. And I'm not saying I feel bad for him. I am saying that's just what you deal with as a coach anymore, and so you got to call that young man into his office. It's an interesting <laughs> question from Noldad here. <laughs> what would the transfer portal sound like if somebody entered it and then backed out? So you start with the There it was. That's what it is. That's the answer. That's the answer. That's yeah. what it sounds like, guys. So it is decreed. So I mean, I would hate that part of it. Having to put <laughs> I would hate that part of it. I have to now call that guy in and be like, hey man. But that is that is while you're paid a lot of money, so you have to do it. I don't know if he's going to leave or not. I don't spend my days worrying about it. Uh, I think there are, and I, I don't think I know, there are high-profile recruits uh, at, at big-time universities uh, that don't have the kind of success they were hoping to have, or more importantly, they don't have it as quickly as they would have liked it. You read a story a week about a guy that, is on an otherwise good team in a good situation, and they're disgruntled. What are you, you going to do? I mean, that's just you, – you'll let it play out. Uh, you'll watch it. Now, if it starts happening, you know, to a, to an alarming degree, then you're going to have a different conversation. But the occasional disgruntled kid who says he may want to leave, well, what the hell, man? It's not like there isn't opportunity in the secondary for us still, even with that thumping of the wet noodle Miami program, which is kind of what they're – U logo looks like if you mm. flip it. It's just a it's couple of wet noodles going in opposite directions. So, but it, there's going to be opportunity at corner. There is kind of now 
but that certainly implies that there will be a lot of opportunity to get on the field next season as well. That's not a fixed position. Yeah, I, I think uh, patience is not something that many uh, people have in general. Young people certainly don't. And if you're extremely uh, proud and confident and emboldened by years of athletic prowess, uh, I bet you have even less patience than the average guy. So, I mean, that is it's going to be a conversation. Now, I don't know the details, so I can't get into any of the rest of that. Um, we'll see what he does. The good news is, whatever you think about Sam McCall, the player, because there's some thought that maybe he's a safety instead of a corner or a slot corner, mm-hmm. and there'll be opportunities at all those positions, especially next year, because we think that you're going to have to break in a couple of new safeties. Shaheem and who? Who would be the second guy? Well, Trey Benson was lined up deep to return kicks on Saturday, which I thought was an excellent step in the right direction for the kick return game. The only thing was they lined up twice for kick returns all night. <laughs> so they didn't really get an opportunity. They didn't get the opportunity to do yeah. what they Only they two times yeah. were they out there on the field. So let me pull this up. I'll read this to you. One was mandated by rule. It made me laugh um, several times over. By the way, so a, a buddy of mine who's in the broadcast business texted me during the game and said, if I were Norvell, I'd call into your show on Monday as Mike from Tallahassee and ask, was that a big enough of an ass kicking for you? <laughs> Mike from Tallahassee, how are you? You're on. <laughs> I'll hang up and hear your thoughts. <laughs> uh, so that made me laugh. And then there's another one here that made me laugh. Uh, and I, and I've, this weekend, one of the beauties of, of what goes down in a rivalry like this is the are the memes uh, and the gifs and everything else that you could just you watch on a loop. But uh, on this day in 1305, William Wallace was drawn, quartered, and executed. Despite being dead for over 700 years, he still never missed seeing the Miami Hurricanes win an ACC championship. That's good. I, that's just good. It's things like that that make, make this rivalry great, especially when you're on the right end of it. <laughs> what did old they created a major for me in Gainesville say? You will never see. Yeah, right. Oh, my goodness. Thank God we got another hour to talk about this. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Mm-hmm.